Welcome to Bruised Reeds. You have seen them, you may have met them, but you don't know them. They are invisible to most people because they look tired, needy, worn. We want you to meet them, and more importantly, we want you to know them. They are someone's child. They had a first birthday. There was a day when they first met Santa Claus and felt fear on their first day of school. Something happened. Hear their stories in their words and take them in. They might have been us. Today is a special podcast and we're interviewing a longtime friend of mine, Etienne Armand, affectionately known as Nick. So Nick, thank you for joining us on our podcast today. And I'm anxious to tell your story because not only are you unique, but so is your story. And I've never seen you look better or appear happier than you are today. Tell me what life is like for you right now. I know it hasn't always been like this. <laughs> life has been very good. Maybe, yes, it has. I feel safe. And what has made the difference? Having my own place, really, basically, and um, having my own time, you know, and being able to draw, being able to play music, being able to just be who I am, you know, and cook, even if it's not a good cooking, just, just to be safe. Good. I feel good that way. But it hasn't always been like this, so I've known you sort of at your worst, maybe? Yes, you have. <laughs> and I love seeing the way you are today, but take us through part of the worst for you. The worst, okay, probably is that the, the encampment uh, uh, down there uh, up of, I guess, uh, the one over, I don't know exactly, I can't tell you exactly where it is because I'm not supposed to see and say where it is. There's a nightmare, okay? And I, I um, spent almost a month there, or more in a tent, and I had had surgery on my foot and stuff like that. Barely could walk around, and but the only thing is, I was treated well. To be quite honestly, the person that you know allowed me in this area didn't bother me, but there was never a sleep or a night that was safe. I don't think. And, you know, I looked, I have to think, actually, I have a little video I shot of myself leaving there. And I looked like I was, I died. Mm. You know, I mean, I've never, I don't know, it, it, the road to even there was bad. Okay. And I just wouldn't wish it on anybody. You know, if, if I could help anybody not do that, I would say don't, but that's their choice. And, I guess I just had a stubborn, you know, and, 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 and not feeling, I had no self-esteem anymore. I lost a lot. Mm. And I was a man with tons of it. Tell and us about that. What was the esteem you've had in your life? Excuse me? What was the esteem that you had in your life? Well, you know, I, first of all, I, you know, I started off... Well, my, my daughter was born 50-some years ago, and that was probably too soon for me. And, but the thing is, I pursued a musical um, situation where my brother and I put a band together. We practiced five, six nights a week, every day, 
you know, and put a band together and, you know, taking it to Hollywood and stuff like that. But the bottom line is, it's, it was work. It was my work. You know, my brother and I, we, I could write the music, write the lyrics, I could play the drums, I could do that. And I was experiencing at least something that I really was. I always had nurtured that in myself. Hard work, always. You know, and those are the great days, the greatest days, because we could go to a party and there'd be hundreds and hundreds of people there. And then we went to Hollywood, they were said, you know, we did the Troubadour, the Starwood, the Whiskey, go over all those places. But it wasn't, that wasn't enough. So I don't know. I mean, my life is to be an artist. That's what it was supposed to be. And I just weaned myself into doing anything I could do to be a carpenter, be this or whatever, because I would love to work. And it wasn't a job. And the music just took me away. It, it had its, it has rough, a lot of the rough stuff. So when you get signed to contracts and stuff like that, you're messed up on their schedule. So band breaks up. My brother goes to New York, and uh, bass player forms a group called the Knack, and he gets a number one hit. You know, and and I'm in a, I'm in the backseat of a, 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 a band with my manager and about a new band going going to Vancouver to play clubs because. Two of the other main members weren't even in the band anymore. That's not trust. Music runs in your family. Yes, right? ma'am. Tell us about that. My sister Renee was uh, discovered by what's the uh, not Burt Backrack, but the uh, Tony Bennett. Okay, in San Francisco, the first Toyota Corona commercial, which ended on Toyota, so she became a star in Japan, and then came back and signed A and Records as a singer songwriter. 1972, ends up um, uh, hooking up with a guy named Jim Gordon, who was uh, Derek Donalds and David Mercados. Had 60, 60 hits a year, okay? And then after she dumped him, <laughs> which she did, <laughs> uh, me, a guy named uh, Jim Horn, his Bangladesh horn player. So, I mean, I met a lot of, what is this like, to meet or see these people, you saw the, how they worked. And it was something that, that, that she did really well. And so the, I was never antagonized by her. My, both my sisters bought my, bought my first set of drums and they wanted a second set of drums. <laughs> I wanted these sets, but we had no money. I came from a very poor Romanian family. And um, my sister Claudette worked for Colonial Pictures, Hectil and Lancaster, and they worked until probably just last year. And so I was able to, there's nothing that I got that happened really great. At 50 years old, I got a birthday present to go to be an extra in a movie called Way West. And so they got to Bend, Oregon. I met Robert Richardson's uh, brother's son, Jack Richardson. So we, we all got down to the, um, the Bend, Oregon, dressed in our outfits, and I got myself a Bob Dylan book and taught myself how like, I just, there's just something about learning poetry that whether I could plagiarize it or, you know, I had a brine. Of course, people said, oh, this guy's a nut, he's crazy, or whatever it is, but bottom line is I'm, I have so much to give and I, I work so hard to do it. It's when I'm not doing it, it's frustrating.
Now you managed to have a family. Oh, yes. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. That, Tell uh, us about the kids. Okay. My daughter, Dorothy's 50. She's a, a, a parole officer. My, then I had a son named Nick, and he was murdered. But the, my mafia murdered him. Yeah, that was devastating. How um, did you manage your life when that happened? That, I don't think I have yet. It's something that basically you think everything's going okay, but you know that it's not, but it is. Because I think what happens with a lot of people, they go ahead and they, when the kids are in jail or in prison, they're okay. You know, so when they're out, they worry, you know? So, but with my son, for some reason, he, he, he was just this, he'd call it pops, you know, and he, he all my tools, he'd, he'd actually put his, my name on him, just wrote legibly, but he was an avid reader. And he's like a brain, but he was born with a crossed eye, and his mother, until he was five or six years old, I had to take a sign to get his eyes fixed. But other than that, there was something wrong there, but it hurt, it really hurt, and basically, it still hurts, but I wouldn't want that to happen to anybody else, and so that's that came to him. And then I got married, and then uh, to my wife, and which has been thirty some years now. Another son named Nick. Nick, I'm not Nick. Excuse me. Another little nervous here. Another son named Travis Jean Armand, which is in New York, and all are doing really great. But you know what? I don't see him that much, so. Quite honestly, you know, I'm still need work. So to all you people that are going to see this, you got to keep working. You know, you got to keep, you know, uh, finding out what's in your head and, and what's bothering you, and 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 voice it and, and and get help because it's devastating to keep them just to isolate yourself and not even say anything. You had some health problems along the way. Yeah. Tell I'm, us how did that develop. Oh. I don't know. I, 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 I know one thing. I was in the hospital more than one, four times when I, before I was 10 years old. And spinal injuries was, it, it, it called me. I was, I was, I woke up to the Romanian priest giving me my last rites, and that was, a, it was during Christmas, which I'll tell you something. If I had, if I more, I mourned on a Christmas, I mourned on Christmas. It was very devastating. It was Christmas time, and I can remember to this day that my stepdad, who did not like me at all, no one can see me at the hospital, children's hospital. And the best thing that happened was my next door neighbor was a fireman, and he brought me a bike, you know, and that was just, it just, the thing of giving, or, or that's maybe how I learned. I thought I was okay, but maybe I wasn't okay because he'd tell me my, I'm not a good person or something. I had to go into my own world then. And that's very true. Whether it hiked or I did something, I had to. That was my health problem. I ended up getting um, the spinal meningitis was probably the worst. And that, that led to um, me being unbalanced. And then I had the hepatitis C. Who knows, okay? That's been many times in the mental hospital or the state hospital. And I will say this, okay, and I'm mean, honestly, it's the, back in the, the day, it's a lot different than today going into those hospitals. And especially when you're just by yourself, you know, and the best thing is, is when 
you're told you got to go there by family or somebody else because you're acting out. And then you find out that you're bipolar or you're manic depressive. You know, and back in those days, it was really hard to, to take that because you couldn't tell your friends and it wasn't very popular back in the day. So everything was hush hush. And so, um, my illness, well, you know, I had a you know, drug addiction, I had uh, the alcohol, you know, I mean, and you don't do uh, construct, you know, don't build a house unless you drink a six pack of beer, you know, you don't plumbing or whatever. But bottom line is, even as a musician, <laughs> you go into the club and they give you a, a keg of beer, not a keg of beer, excuse me, you know, a pitcher of beer, and you go on, and you got to do your show. <laughs> Win or lose, you know, and I play those kind of clubs. Biker clubs, all, you know, you, you didn't play, man. <laughs> you, you've been lucky if you got, home, you got out. I don't miss, I, you know what, I don't miss that, but I do miss that. I don't miss it only because you're playing your own music. You're entertaining people, okay? And it was like my goal, to, even coming to Santa Paula, I would like to uh, get a little drum thing with the kids so they wouldn't, just, just music, you know, so young kids could uh, play instead of, and draw and, and, and maybe get out whatever demons are inside them and, and, and put it to good use, you know, with the drumsticks or whatever, whatever it is. But I haven't stopped. <laughs> I haven't stopped and I'm not going to stop. You know, I, I mean, my goal is to live my life fulfilled and help. If I could have one kid or two kids or three or four, maybe a hundred, you know, that'd be great. There's no ego in that. You spent a, quite a bit of time literally on the streets and not yes. even at the camp at the river. You were in Ojai, Santa Paula. What was life like? How did you manage your medicine and I, I, your, I, your, your appointments with behavioral health uh, and food? How do you manage that? Okay. You know what? That was the... The, when I went to the rescue mission in Oxnard, that was killer. And because um, you had to get either by five o'clock or you to get in, maybe the sack lunch and bam, see you later. You're on the street and you're sitting with, there's an mess and mess out there. That's probably the worst place I've ever been at night. You know, just, you just don't do it. I mean, I think the freedom, the freedom was not, as I look back, it was almost like a, a sentence. A sentence, you know, you know, uh, because you're not on a schedule. You, you, there's no schedule whatsoever. And, and the bottom line, is, again, is the thing about schedules is you have to keep two of them. And medicine with them has to be taken every single day. And I go, you go off it, forget it. You, who knows what's going to happen? And that's serious, at, especially at my age, because there's not many people. Uh, I was going to say this, a lot of people get to my age with my disease. And I, without, you know, taking it seriously, it's, it's not. So I have to be careful. I'm, I'm very lucky, if you call that luck, to be here right now. And I appreciate this. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm nervous, but so what? I had to do this, and I'm glad I did it. We know it's tough out there. What would you say to someone who you meet? And I know you're very willing to talk to anybody about their problems, but what would you say to someone who's out on the street right now 
struggling. I don't know. You know what? I'll tell you. Uh, that's a. I'm not. Well, the thing is that I'm not even. Since I've got this housing, then I'm on the street. I'm been going the alleyways away from everyone, just so that I don't. I would still help, but I don't even know. I mean, you know what? I'm really a different person, but I'm not. You know, I. I feel bad for people that way, but then again, what's their motives too? I'm, you know, that's another aspect about down and out or whatever. You know, if you get too close, you know, I'm, I'm more, I'd be more judgmental today than I would, because I don't really have any um, um, uh, funds or uh, place to, I could send them some more, maybe, but no, I don't think so. You know, I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's the first thing I can't really truly answer, because I don't know. So it's been a journey for you, yes. um, sort of peaks and valleys along the way of your life, but I'm so happy to see you now at the peak. And you have housing uh, for the rest of your life if things go well, right? Yeah, um, I just wanted to say thank you so much. And, you know, I mean, you've brought, and this is not just because we're on this camera thing here, you've brought so much giving to me since we have met, and you've seen me screw up, and but you've taken me to court. <laughs> you've brought my food up in the mountains, and and I don't know anyone in this whole world that basically I could say has my back, other than God, you know, of course. But I mean, on the other aspect, I mean, you're. And this, this church, this whole organization is just, I wish I would have been brought up in it. You know, where I came from, we didn't have things like this. This is a small little town, but man, it's got so much love here. And you wouldn't think about that if you see some of the other stuff that's out here. You know, the small percentage of nothing, and everything else is all something. So, I mean, I thank you so much. and. And no matter what, I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> well, you're a sweet soul, Nick, and it's just a joy to, to see you express yourself so well, and I know you are an encourager to other people every chance you get. So yeah. thanks for spending time today. Is there any final comment for us? Well, yeah, this, I just want to put a good word. I hope my, you know, my, my um, mother-in-law is, is be okay. I know she's on her way. I don't know. It just completely, you know, put my head around her. And that's about it. I'm not letting anybody in on that aspect. Of it. Their story is retold every day in every city. Thanks for staying with us to their end. While this is our end, it doesn't have to be theirs for they have to live their lives today and tomorrow. Hope comes with encouragement, kind words, and a helping hand. Thanks for listening.